The Detroit Tigers win a ball game. Three to one victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's talk about it. A lot to break down in this one all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, April 14th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty, everyone. We won a ball game. The Detroit Tigers have won a baseball game, a 3-1 to final over the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. Uh, a lot to break down. Obviously, we will get to the biggest story in this game, and we will voice plenty of it. Um, but let's. This was a win, okay? And we're not going to take any win for granted. And we're going to talk about the good things that happen in a victory, okay? We're going to do plenty of that as well before this ball game even starts. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, actually. Tyler Nevin is recalled, and in this game, he makes his uh, Detroit Tigers debut, goes 0 with a sack fly, right? And, you know, just like one of the things that immediately jumps out at me is like, do you realize how crazy it is? For I, I know that he's hitting like 560 in AAA and has like a 2,000 OPS in 9 or 10 games in AAA. I totally get that. But I'm pretty sure he has a negative career war. Like, do you know how crazy it is to call someone up from the minors and immediately they're your two-hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays? Like, that's probably not a great sign. But it was a win. It was a win. And he had some some decent at-bats. Okay? It's just, like, that, that alone is just insane to me. Like, that's crazy. But here we are celebrating a victory, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, like I said, biggest story is Javi Baez. We will certainly get to that. But uh, let's talk about some good that happened in this game. Okay, let's start with Spencer Turnbull. I, I think that this is one of the brightest spots in this victory for Detroit. Um, uh, he also, well, let's start with his line. Five innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts in this ball game. Pretty darn good line there. Uh, he also had a five-out inning in the fifth. Because the same umpire who called the interference call interfered with a tailor-made double play. Just stuck the foot out there, gave a little a little messy, and next thing you know, the ball's in the outfield. It's a single instead of an inning-ending double play. Unbelievable. That dude had a series. That, that umpire absolutely had a phenomenal series. Uh, and, uh, golly, like I, I say it all the time, but this truly does just feel like the team that can't catch a break so often. And 
in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, we're going to lose another ball game and we're going to look back at that play and be like, "There, this can't happen. But yet again, it didn't. I'm going to say the Tigers won about 50 million times in this episode and you can't do anything about it, unfortunately. Um, so that was just like a ridiculous part in this outing. But Turnbull looked great. Uh, the slider was incredible. I think that was the biggest thing in this game, which is worth noting, not only just because one of his pitches looked incredible, but if you remember his last start, we talked about on the show how he weirdly wasn't throwing it. And so for him to, like throughout his career, it's been his second most used pitch outside of the fastball, right? Um, Like pretty consistently. So in this one, not only did he throw it more than any other pitch, fastball included, it was the most thrown pitch. It was also extremely effective. Uh, 30 of 88 pitches thrown in this game were the slider, and it had a 43% CSW percentage, called strikes plus whiffs percentage. That is a phenomenal number and phenomenal execution out of that slider. First batter of the ball game. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, George Springer. Slider low and away. Got him swinging. Uh, really, really good, solid outing. Very, very impressed. Um yeah, still had some command issues, uh, which we're, we're trying to work through. And honestly, that's kind of a pre-Tommy John Turnbull problem as well. So not even really like an easing back into it type of thing. Just kind of has always been a thing with the style of pitcher that he is. But um, yeah, just like not the most efficient outing ever. Like only was able to go five even with those numbers because of that. But again, if, if we take a step back and we just remember like this is his third start back from almost a two-year break in between starting major league baseball games due to Tommy John surgery. I think we will gladly take uh, not only this outing just in general, but I I think we take the fact that in each of his first three outings now, he has objectively gotten better from each outing, right? So good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, Hope that he'll keep improving. Like I said, had 11 whiffs in this ball game. If you remember the last start, he went five and two thirds, almost went six, uh, but only had one swing and miss that entire outing. And so seeing 11 next to the whiffs number in this one, along with that CSW percentage, we're going to gladly take it. Okay. Definitely a bright spot in this ball game. Spencer Turnbull was uh, at the plate. There was, you know, I don't think there was anyone that, well, that's not true. I think there's two batters that consistently put together good ABs. There was a lot of hitters in this ball game that had some really good ABs and had some not really good ABs. And I think one of those was Nick Maton. We've talked about Nick Maton quite a bit and how his approach at the plate has been better than most everybody on the team, even though the results haven't been there. He goes two for five with two strikeouts in this one. Interesting ball game for him. Uh, one of the hits was like a blooper that barely got fell and, and probably shouldn't have even been a hit. Uh, and then again, like with the two strikeouts added on and that, he took some really timely strikeouts, like bad timely strikeouts. Really not very uh, good. One with runners in sc- – Tor- was Torkelson on second? There was runners in scoring position for at least one of them, maybe both. Just um, not, stuff you, you got to put the ball in play there type of situations and didn't but uh still also worked some counts in this game and made some good contact as well so uh kind of an up and down him in the leadoff spot I really kind of like just because of his ability to to work the counts so far in the season but um needs you know situational 
I really can't take a strike out here in a close game. Got to put the ball in play and to, to strike out looking at that. Not a great, uh, not, not great situational hitting there. So we'll see. We'll see. But overall, if we're talking the first, whatever we are, 12 games into the season now, um, I, I, I still am pretty impressed with his at-bats for the most part. Riley Green, I want to talk about, unfortunately, not in a positive light, which is very few and far between for me. But I think he's been pretty brutal at the plate this entire week. Um, like, just not a very good week. At starting, I, I mean, I guess technically I want to start on Sunday and just make it truly this week so far. But really, you can start at the beginning of the Red Sox series. Has just had some really rough at-bats since coming home from Houston. Uh, some swing adjustments clearly still need to be made. And like, that's somewhat expected. That's not a bad thing per se, but uh, we're seeing a lot of K's this week, especially we saw a lot of strikeouts and that, that like, you know, if everything else is good, we'll kind of take it. That's always kind of been his thing as a pro. His strikeout numbers have never been super low. Uh, but this week, some, some like three pitch K's just uncompetitive at bats which is is somewhat rare for him, I would say. Uh, and just the ground balls, man. The ground balls are really frustrating because that's something that wasn't a thing in the minors. He wasn't grounding out to second base a million times in the ground, in, in the minors, rather. He, w- he was lifting the ball a lot more to the pull side. And so that's been kind of a frustrating development so far, just as a pro period. We talked about, in the spring when he did his player preview, right? Like his, his ground ball rate has just been super high as a pro. And so we're, we're trying to get there again, like some adjustments just still very clearly need to be made. I'm not like out on Riley green. I still think he's going to be a phenomenal talent in this league for a long time, but this week just wanted to point out some, some pretty rough at bats, unfortunately. Um, okay. Let's, let's get positive though. We got, we got positivity, positive vibes, tigers win, Let's talk about some good stuff that happened in this ball game right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Rocket Money. Rocket Money is awesome. And we've heard it a million times. Try it free for 30 days. Just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. 80%. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions. So you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Well, most think that it's like $80 a month when actually it's closer to 200 because of all the subscriptions you've forgotten about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. So stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Also got to tell y'all about our friends over at game time. We love game time. It is the clutch is the word you want to talk about clutch hitting just clutch players. There is very few apps and websites more clutch than game time if you're looking for last minute tickets to a sporting event to a comedy show to a concert this is the place for you forget planning months in advance they have deals right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for anything football basketball baseball concerts theater 
and more. The Game Time Guarantee also makes sure that you always get the best price. If you find your tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's their guarantee. You can get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly where you're sitting. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're all set. They're sent directly to your phone. No more digging through your email or your wallet or your purse. It's right there. Convenient. It's the cheapest option, the most convenient option, and the most clutch option. Not sure why you would buy tickets anywhere else. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account, redeem your code using Locked On MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty, we're back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Let's talk about some good that happened in this game, and then we will get into the Javi Baez situation, as that is. Very obviously, the biggest situation in this ball game, uh, the biggest story rather from this ball game. Let's talk about some good though. This bullpen had a good night. One run. What you won three to one? Did you hear me? One. We held the Toronto Blue Jays to a single run. If we could do that two nights in a row, we would have just gone into Toronto and taken two of three games but we weren't able to do that. But we were able to do it today. We're trying to stay positive. Good vibes. The weather is beautiful in the Metro Detroit area. The Tigers win coming back home. Good vibes, okay? Jason Shreve first out of the pen in this one. One inning, one hit, one strikeout, no walks or runs. I think we're going to see Jason Shreve get into more higher and higher leverage situations pretty soon here. Uh, sub three ERA, young season, very young season, small sample size, but sub three ERA so far. Um, I think there's, I said this yesterday, I think there's a legitimate chance this dude is the one of the three or four best relievers on this baseball team this year. And I think that's a lot more to do with the bullpen as we, you know, ranted about yesterday and how it's constructed than it is like Chasen Shreve putting up an all-star caliber season or something like that. But I think he can be an above-average reliever for this team. That splitter is going to play. Got some big swings and misses on it in this ball game, And he looks pretty much in complete control despite the hit um, the entire outing, I thought. So really, really impressed with what I saw from him. That slider, too. Had some really timely called strikes, just completely buckled hitters um, and, and kind of floated it in there for some, some really, really key called strikes and, and some counts. Um, also, another thing in this game, we, we talk about strike zone domination. Just all the pitchers did this really well. Um, something that, that you know, we, the fan base has been clowning on Scott Harris because they, they aren't dominating the strike zone. In this game, they won the race to, to an 0-1 count. All the pitchers did pretty much the entire game. You go back and watch that. Turnbull did it his entire outing, and most of the relievers did it for almost all of their outings. This team was really, really good at starting off counts 0-1 against a really good Toronto Blue Jays lineup. And I think that that's one of the biggest keys to this game. So just wanted to point that out as a, as a team philosophy, Fetter and the guys there, Lund, and obviously all the pitchers, whatever the, the report was, whatever the, the what's the word I'm thinking of, game plan was in this ball game, clearly worked out really well. Um, Jason Foley in this one, one inning, one strikeout, no walks, runs, or hits. That sinker is topping out at 98 miles an hour the last few outings, and he has looked dominant 
and I truly mean dominant, just cruising through. Good, a really, really good lineup. Uh, we've been high on the, him for this show for, what, the better part of a year now? And this season, he has started off really well yet again. So really, really good to see Jason Foley kind of finding his own. Jose Cisnero, one inning pitched, one hit, one strikeout. Again, like you're you're going to have to find a way to get through the last four innings of a lot of ball games this year. And so Cisnero's going to keep getting looks, right? They're going to they're they're going to give everybody some looks and Jose Cisnero is going to be one of those people. So it's it's hard to also pinpoint like objectively better options. And in this game, he hit 96 and a half miles an hour with movement on the heater. It looks really solid. Uh, the slider that has, uh, I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat it, been awful this season. Looked decent in this ball game. We'll take it. We'll hope he builds off it. We'll we'll see what he looks like next time out there. Okay. Alex Lang, one inning, no walks, runs or hits, one strikeout. Best outing of the season. Best outing of the season so far from Alex Lang. Uh, he has the ability to make opponents put up completely uncompetitive at-bats. He can make the best hitters in baseball look foolish. The curveball looked great in this one. Got some swings and misses on it. Command was good enough. Very, very solid outing. He looked in complete control, which is not a given. So we'll we'll take it. Um, okay, let's do let's let's talk Javi. Okay, started off this game batting sixth in the lineup, right? Which is like already a message is kind of being sent. Start hitting, dude. Okay, he has the first extra base hit of the season for him. His first extra base hit of the season on a slider. The problem is he thinks it's a home run. He's walking out of the batter's box. He looks into the dugout and like throws his bat. The ball bounces off the wall. He then makes it into second still. Okay, like that's embarrassing. That's super embarrassing. And fans are looking for any reason they can to yell at you right now. So, like, that's not a good look, but you still got a double. Okay? And, like, the camera didn't pick up the nonsense out of the batter's box necessarily live. Eh. It's infuriating. It bothers me to no end. But, like, we maybe can slide it under the radar amongst the fan base. Maybe. Then... He forgets how many outs there are like a pitch later. Doesn't tag up with one out on second. He claims after the game that it was because he was hitting in a spot in the lineup he was not used to. And he gets doubled up. Um, okay, we've laid the groundwork. Let's get to the actual, like, what this means. And, and talk about the situation and the benching him and, and all that stuff. Okay. We'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. It's the coolest game I've played in a long time. Uh, you get to take over the reins of your MLB franchise and be a Major League GM. It turns out it's a lot harder than it looks. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches, the right staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities and injuries. Navigating your franchise through free agency, the ups and downs of a season, etc. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline and on the go. 
It's awesome. You can play where you want, when you want. It is the best. It's so much fun. And Locked On Tigers listeners are getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. The ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. So, Javi Bias, okay? Let's talk about Javi. Um, we, laid this, we, we laid the situation, if you did not watch, you obviously did watch because you're here. It's inexcusable. It's completely and entirely inexcusable. It's inexcusable for anybody on this baseball team, and it is infuriating if any of the 26 people on this roster, pitchers included, pulled it. It would have driven me absolutely nuts. The definition of inexcusable because that is your $20 million player. And for the next four years, once he inevitably opts in to his last four years of his contract this winter, that is your $25 million man a year. You simply cannot do that under any circumstance. And I'm talking about both. Again, I cannot stress enough how infuriating it is to watch him walk out of the batter's box on a ball that's not a homer. You can't do either of them. Obviously, the one that was highlighted in the much worse defense is the the forgetting how many outs there were. No one on the team can do that. We chewed out Haas and Veerling yesterday. For two of the worst base running blunders I had seen in a long time. And then in Tigers fashion, they find a way to dig themselves into a new low. And it's just been an awful season for Javi. And this is just like salting the wound. Salting the wound. Two plays like that within 30 seconds of each other is absolutely awful and cannot happen. You have to be better. You're supposed to be one of the best players on this team. You have to lead. It's also a young team. You're the dude who's won a World Series and been an all-star and gotten MVP votes. And look, AJ pulled him. And that's why AJ pulled him. And I'll be darned if I didn't dang near throw a parade when he did. That was the right call. You absolutely bench him there. And he did it the right way. And he took him into the clubhouse and explained why he was doing, or in the hallway, and explained why he was doing what he was doing. And he didn't blow up in front of him, in front of the whole team. But the whole team was aware that the dude with the highest salary, Sans Miguel Cabrera, but like that barely even counts at this point, just got pulled for making a mistake. Good. Good. It's about time. Good. So, I love that AJ did it. And like I said, it was absolutely the right thing to do. And hopefully it sparks something. Not only just in Javi, in the whole freaking team. Again, we already talked about yesterday, you had two in the same half inning from two different players. Countless inexcusable mistakes over and over and over again. We are 12 games into the freaking season. You've already had enough to count on two hands. 
my overall theme here, I, I haven't said anything really that that anybody I don't think is going to like hard press disagree with or that you don't already know. But I wanted to sing the praises of the decision to bench him and really just highlight this. This is my main point. The players in this clubhouse, the players in this clubhouse can't control the talent in the clubhouse. They can't. They can't control most of the teams they face on a nightly basis. And the fact that most of them are going to be better than you. They can't control the results all the time, especially in baseball. You fail 70% of the time. But you know what you can control? You can control effort. You can control that 100% of the time. You can go out there and pay attention to the game you get paid millions of dollars to play. And bust your butt 162 times a year. And I truly hope that this is the kind of thing that sends a message. Notice Veerling and Haas also not in the starting lineup in this baseball game. It's for a reason. Tighten up. Don't do it again. And go win some freaking ball games. All right? Cool. The rest of the offense as a whole, I thought had a pretty good approach in this ball game. Um, besides maybe Torque. I think Spencer Torkelson had a pretty rough night. He had one hard hit ball, which he, he's become accustomed to. Uh, had a double down the line, leadoff double there, which was very timely and was the, a very, very important run. Very great, but I think that kind of covers up four pretty rough at-bats in this ballgame for Torkelson, to be honest. Um, but as a team, the approach was good. And uh, as I've said a lot already in just 12 games, um, you need to marry the two concepts of approach and execution. Because you can work counts all you want, Right? You can, you can get to 2-2, two, 2-1, two, two, 3-2, three, 3-1. Two, three, you can work counts all you want. That's a great step in the right direction. That's a great thing. And that's very, very important to winning baseball. But until you take advantage of hittable pitches when you actually do see them, when you're working counts, the approach doesn't matter as much. In this game, you had seven hits, five walks. Five of your seven hits were extra base hits. That is just beautiful. That's better than than a lot. That's better than a lot. We'll gladly take it. All right. I, I thought that this was a, a, a pretty they again, they could have scored like six. I genuinely believe in this game. They could have scored a, they could have scored a lot more. Uh, but I'll I, I'll take it. I'll, it's just nice to win one, you know. Badu, I thought, also looked really good in this game. A pair of walks, a lot of really good at-bats, even when he wasn't getting on base. Uh, some hard contact as well. I think he's looked pretty solid since getting the call up. We'll end on a high note here with our favorite handlebar mustache friend. Jake Rogers looked excellent in this baseball game. I cannot sing the praises of Jake Rogers enough. He is such an excellent defensive catcher behind the plate. He receives pitches better than anyone else in this organization. He calls games better than anyone else in this organization. He blocks pitches better than anyone else in this organization. He is comfortably, comfortably, comfortably the best catcher in this organization. And 
if he can even be a league average hitter when it comes to like OPS, league average, low to mid 700s, 720 OPS, he is going to be an extremely valuable player on this ball team. And ball team? Ball on this ball club. Ball team. That, wow, that was awful. He's going to be really, really valuable for this team, though, for real. He He's a heck of a catcher. And in this game, obviously, he was great at the plate. Uh, really timely hitting. Clutch double for him in that one. Um, yeah. And look, they still didn't hit very well in, like, key situations. They had bases loaded, no outs, and didn't score a run with their two, three, and four hitters due up. Now, your two, three, and four hitters were Tyler Nevin, Riley Green, and then a pinch hitter. But, like, still, bases loaded, no outs, they couldn't score a run. So, a a lot of, uh, sans the bullpen... The bullpen has been my biggest gripe with this team so far, and it looked great in this ballgame, which is awesome to see. Um, but a lot of the issues at the plate were still we're still waiting for better execution. We're still waiting for better clutch hitting. But they did enough in this game to get a victory, and and we're gonna we're gonna take that and run. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Every dayers, we'll call you the every dayers, the people that do tune in every single day. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, recapping a victory. Let's talk Giants a little bit here at the end, okay? Let's do that. Uh, You are coming home, which is great, Uh, some games at Comerica Park, and you are starting a three-game series against the San Francisco Giants. The pitchers are, I think they're going Manaya. Desclafani and Webb, I think, yes. Yeah, okay. Manias, Desclafani, and Webb, and the Tigers are going Wentz, TBD on Saturday, and then Matthew Boyd on Sunday, but it's widely assumed that the Saturday TBD game is going to be uh, Michael Lorenzen. And with that, I would imagine that Joey Wentz is going to be the odd man out, and he's going to be the player that's sent out. It has to be a pitcher, um, and I don't think they're going to cut into the pen So it just kind of feels like Joey Wentz just unfortunately is the odd man out there. Um, But that will be the pitching matchup. Um, Yeah. You know, as far as the giants go, like this is, this is a, a competitive baseball team. Uh, I said earlier that the Red Sox might be the worst team you play for the first six weeks of the season, depending on your opinion of the Red Sox or the Orioles, the giants might be, but like, this is still a team that is very capable of winning 83 plus baseball games this year. Uh, they, this is a, that's a, a, not a bad trio of pitchers that you're facing, unfortunately. And they, you want to talk about a team that dominates the strike zone on the mound. They don't get a ton of strikeouts, but they don't walk anyone. And so the, you're going to have to rely on your execution because uh, now look, it's baseball. So like naturally we'll go out there and have like eight walks in the first you know, four innings or whatever, but um, it, it, in general, these pitchers are are dudes that that fill up the strike zone and challenge you, and so you have to take that challenge head on, and and put the ball in a play for the love of everything. So we'll see how it goes offensively. Um, you know, the Giants are a, are a team that they feel like they have a lot of just 
like two and a half to four win players. Like they, they don't have anyone that that's necessarily going to go out there and, and put up a, I don't know, a, a six, seven, eight win season. But I'll be darned, man, that lineup is just full of like seven dudes that have the ability to put up three, three and a half win seasons. And so it's it's a it's a tough lineup to get through. It's not a cakewalk. And uh, they have they had one game this year where they hit like 93 home runs. So hopefully they don't do that to you. Uh, shout out Comerica. But um, we'll see. This is, a, this is a good ball club. But again, as I said, going into the Red Sox series, it's also winnable. Now let's make something clear. Winnable does not mean that the Tigers will, in fact, win these games. But in the grand scheme of things, look at the Toronto series. It had its roller coaster moments. It had its downs, for sure. It had the moments where everybody was fuming. But you should have taken two of three. You were in the driver's seat to take two of three. You had a lead in game one as well. You you should have taken game one even. But there's an argument for that. So my point is just that even though this is a, a team that's better than you, and even though the, the Toronto series was, in the grand scheme of things, ugly, and you ended up losing the first game by you know six runs, you had a 3 nothing lead at one point. You, you, you have the ability. I know it's within you. I know. There's a lot more competitive baseball in this series than maybe – uh, was was the final results indicate? So go out there and and win some ball games, man. Please win some ball games. All right, I, I've rambled on enough. Have a great weekend, everybody. If you do live in the metro area, it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Hopefully, the Tigers add to your beautiful weekend as well. I appreciate y'all. Uh, sorry for the late posting on this. Red Wings and Tigers both played. Last game of the wing season, so we don't have to deal with that again. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.